HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by 100 Bogart Street. Do you need a conference room for your next meeting? Learn more by visiting 100bogart.com. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, guys, I'm Jimmy Carboni. Today is June 25th, 2019. This is Beer Sessions Radio on the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. This is a special show, and we cover all, all things of, of beer, beer sales, cider, uh, food, and ag, and, and hops. But um, what I love is just seeing the trajectory of the careers and, and the businesses of, of of the guests that we've had on for many years. And uh, leading off, we've got a guy who's been importing and selling and distributing beer for many years in New York City. Yep. Lars, please introduce yourself. Hey, hey, Jimmy. Hey, everybody. Yeah, it's Lars Dahlhaus uh, with, special, with Baldo Specialty Foods. Super happy to start a whole new beer distribution with those guys. Now, and, you, and you're one of the, the backbones of, of beer sales in New York. I mean, you work with St. Killian's. You've worked with some... Tell us some of the brands that you've represented over the years. You know, I'm I'm pretty proud about bringing some some great German beers over, like Roadhouse and Andex, and still having a good connection to those people there. Uh, it's great seeing those on the shelves of New York City, um, having you know being instrumental in bringing those over. So that's that's really special to me. And now, doing the same thing for Baldor with uh, bringing some beers to New York City that have never been here before, and um, that's what I'm really excited about, and I want to spread more of that. We've got quite a few guests, so everyone just briefly introduce yourselves, and we're going to get to uh, the backstory. Yeah, hey, Jimmy, it's, it's Rich from Bridge and Tunnel Brewery. Rich, great to have you back on. Thanks, man. Bridge and Tunnel out in Ridgewood, Queens. Hey, it's uh, Jahil Maplestone from uh, Descendant Cider here in New York City. Great to have you back, too, Jahil. Thanks, mate. And Pearson from Brown's Brewing Company out of Troy, North Hoosick, New York. And you have a message for us. What, what's going, do, what day yeah. is today? I mean, it's a kind of a Saturday. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's good to commemorate given the culture of, you know, what we do making beer and being here in this restaurant and, you know, food. It's, it's Anthony Bourdain's birthday, so cheers to uh, setting the tone for us all. Ah, rest in peace. To that cheers. Guy. Cheers. Cheers. And, uh, Hi, everyone. I'm Abby, uh, also from Brown's Brewing Company. Kelly Brown from Brown's Burn Company. We're a threesome today. All right. Yeah. Well, this is just kind of a, a tribute to Lars and his, uh, you know, status in the in the industry. That so you, you're putting together the, the first beer portfolio portfolio for Baldor Foods, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, you've got a local brewer, 
from Queens, Bridge yep. and Tunnel. You've got a, a New York City-based cider maker, Descendant. Mm-hmm. And you've got an upstate from Troy, New York, uh, mm-hmm. Brown Brothers. So, uh, do, you know, I know the backstory of Balder. Let's tell us. It's Balducci's great, you know, New York grocer family started right. a distribution company. They're, they're a great food distributor. They've embraced a lot of things, Hudson Valley cheeses mm-hmm. and everything. Why moving into beer? And what's the point of having beer? I think for Baldor, the, uh, the, the biggest thing is making sure that we cover as much as we can for our high-end restaurant customers. Um, you know, they are expecting the best in specialty foods from us. And we thought about what else can we bring them? And beer was such a logical extension of that for TJ and Mike and all the folks involved at Baldor. And uh, when we looked at this, we're like, hey, we, we need to offer a portfolio that speaks to all the different genres, all the different restaurant types. So we will have a range of locals, a range of uh, regional beers, different flavors, um, all beer styles represented. We're going to have some imported beers as well. Um, And then, you know, it really came down to the fact that we've got the logistics down. We've got over, we've got almost 500 trucks, all refrigerated, liftgate trucks uh, running around uh, from Portland, Maine to Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, we've got a refrigerated warehouse. These are things that... You know, I'm small, down in Cape May, yeah. New Jersey on vacation with my family, and I see Baldor delivering. Right. So, so yeah. we've got that piece down that a lot of the smaller beer distributors will struggle with for the rest of their lives. And um, we, we deliver six days a week. Uh, people can order until 11 o'clock at night. We're a dream come true for a lot of the restaurant beverage managers and, and, and bar owners. It's really it's an important part. It's the nuts and bolts of uh, this whole beer industry. So yeah. Let's go back. So uh, Kelly Brown, uh, it's so great to meet you. So Brown Brewing, I want to call it Brown Brothers. But. You do. You're stuck on that. But there's there's been no brothers that we know of. Uh, it's It's been my husband, Gary, and myself. Uh, we opened our, our Troy location in 1993. So we're 26 years strong. Uh, so happy to finally have this moment in New York City um, with with Baldor. It you just know, feels it's, it's absolutely good to have the backstory because right. you guys are such an important part of the New York craft beer scene. So what were you the the first brew pub since since when you, when you opened? Yeah, since yeah. Prohibition, believe it or not, the first uh, brew pub in New York State, and you know people just didn't get it. It it actually wasn't a thing. Uh, breweries, uh, craft beer. Uh, was happening on the West Coast, and we wanted uh, to offer uh, people some of uh, what what we experienced there out in California. And my husband was a home brewer at the time, and we made a lot of closet beer. And um, some of it was good, some of it was bad, but we, we kept at it, and uh, we've got a, an incredible product. Uh, some really talented people on our team. We have five full-time brewers that are committed to to their craft. Yeah, but up there, I mean, I've been there in, in Troy, New York, the original location. So you've got like it's a restaurant, brew pub, and there's a nice deck you can look at look at the river. The mighty Hudson. The mighty that, Hudson that really drew us to to the space. We loved it. Um, we were fortunate enough to get a building that needed a lot of TLC for a cheap price. It's really the only thing we could afford in 1990. Uh, and it took us three years. Uh, we did the renovations ourselves. So we were... But it was different then, right? I mean, did people... It, yeah. Were you making craft beer then, or you were just making beer? Uh, my husband was a home brewer, and, and we, um, you know, we felt that we wanted to open a brewery before a restaurant, 
but people said, oh, you're nuts, you need food. People just won't understand what a, what a brewery is all about without the pub part. So, so I think those people were smart. We opened up a restaurant along with it and had our debut. And, and for a while, we were the only game in town. And now, Pearson, how many hundreds of breweries in New York State? Yeah, I think are- we're crossing the line close to 400, uh, you know, great fellow producers. And uh, it's amazing. You know, Brown's kind of set the tone and uh, now joined by some really, really excellent stuff. Uh, not just New York State, but across the nation. I mean, how many, there were 400 breweries when you opened across the country. And now we're oh, yeah. crossing the line of 7,000. To give more credit to, to, to Brown, I, I was up at the, the governor's Beer, Wine, Cider, Spirit Summit in 2014. It was the first time I was there. You guys really represented well. And, uh, you know, you guys went from opening in, in 1993, but by 2014, you guys did have some say in, in, in the state, right? I mean, you, I think you guys helped influence some of the yeah. reforms. Yeah, we were um, actually the first uh, brewery to get a farm, farm brewer's license in the state. Uh, growing our own hops, and you know, uh, as as we progress into that, uh, uh, we're hoping to uh, do our own barley. Uh, we have a, a country property not far from from our North Hoosick location in West Hoosick, which we have a hop field, and and now our new facility, our production brewery in North Hoosick, is allowing us. We have forty some acres that we're hoping to experiment with more more grains and more more growing techniques and well you guys are great and we're going to talk a lot more with you but just tell us about the beer because it's exciting so now the beer through baldor is going to be coming to new york city what beer is this pearson so that's the carla ipa uh citra mosaic hops slight new england uh haze in that beer uh we did not filter it um we've been making new england ipas for a good five years um we just we we love India Pale Ale, and as an English brewery uh, by trade uh, with open fermentation in our North Hoosick facility, um, you know we're we we're allowed some enormous flexibility. Uh, the Troy facility is now just complete research and development, so they have a wild capture um, expression of beers that we we uh, bring to market, and we can. It's just an amazing test kitchen. So and how, how do you guys stack up? I mean, compared to other other beers in the state and the region. Are you participating in, you know, I mean, like uh, Tap New York? or I don't really know you well, guys. Well, I'm glad you asked way. about Tap New York because we just won gold and silver for two Wild Owls that we made. Uh, Aurora took home gold, which was an incredible cranberry and raspberry Wild Owl. 500 milliliter cork and cage is completely sold out. And then we did Solera, which is another golden sour aged in French oak on uh, Pinot Grigio grapes. And so that, that, that took silver. And uh, so we've been, you know, we have that enormous uh, leeway to just make beer that resonates with us. And, um, and if people dig it, then we look to take it 26 miles further uh, east. And it's great. So, Lars, how did you find Brown? Brewing and bring why are you bringing them to New York City? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think I, I, I look for the best. So I, I literally ran around a bunch of beer shows as well. Uh, we met also in Albany. We met, uh, we met at the brewery. They came down to our office. We did a tasting. And we've got a really good panel at our office of people trying beer. And it's their beers just absolutely stood out. Is that your lunchtime program? 
It is actually our Friday afternoon program. <laughs> I yes. think I have to come over for that yes. one. Please yeah. do, please do. So, so you got you got Brown Brown Brewing, yeah, from Troy, New York. Mm -hmm. And let's tell us about Richie. So, Richie, um, I've known you since you started. I, I used to sell you at Jimmy's Number Forty Three. Yep. I was always so proud. I had a, I had to encourage you to, to yeah. self. But you were self distributing yes. in New York City, yeah. and you opened the tasting room. So you, you're right. working ragged. Right. Um, at what point did you did you decide that you wanted to distribute with Baldor? Things going through your head, business wise. Yeah. Well, it's, Lars contacted us, and I was always not really keen to going with a distributor or investors. You know, I'm kind of you know fiercely independent as I've always been. You know, build myself, all that, um, and. You know, Just like Richie builds all his equipment from yeah. the first brewery on. So. Yeah, we started as a nano brewery in a one car garage in my backyard. Wow. And Jimmy came the first time I met Jimmy, he came for an interview in the garage. All right. And then it's been he's been to every step. He, he came to our location in Ridgewood before we even opened, like a week before, two weeks before we opened. Remember, I was on the show. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Every milestone I've, I've been with Jimmy, it seems, you know, mm -hmm. but um, so and on. On that note, I didn't announce to anybody that we teamed up with Baldor, so this is the, kind of the first time that we're putting it out there. But so anyway, Lars, it's kind of a funny story. Lars contacted us, and I thought, well, you know, I'm tired of destroying my vehicles. I've, I ran two cars into the ground. I'm driving around in two pickup trucks that, like, you know, it's seven years of hustling kegs. And, and Richie comes over, and he has to make sure he goes through the back of, of your bar to find his empty kegs. Right. Because he's taking them back. And often they go, they disappear, and uh, yeah, it's just the whole thing. It's, it's been the seven, empty keg war. Right, right. It's been seven years of it. You There's know? always someone that gets blamed. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so then, it's not me. Right. And so Lars contacted me, and I said, well, yeah, let's you know, see where this could go. And we set up a date to meet, which was supposed to be at the tap room on Valentine's Day. And I was going to, like, I thought, well, I'll spend an hour because I'm always tight with time. My kids wanted to, you know, have a Valentine's Day dinner and stuff. The bartender calls in sick. Really, I know that he was with his girlfriend, whatever. So I had to cover the bar. So I'm behind the bar. You which guys know, it, Abby and Kelly know about all this stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it, just, it all worked out. Lars came down. I had nowhere to go. I spent we spent probably three hours right going yeah. slowly down all the lines, and he got a chance to meet my wife, my kids, the dog, see the tap room, get a description of you know meet our customers, and then and then he said he goes you know Baldor's is like we try to keep this like kind of in the family kind of thing, and I think this is a really good match. You know he goes I think the next step you should come and meet us, and that's what I did. Me and Lisa went to. The location in the Bronx, and honestly, we felt like it, it was like uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory for us. We were blown away, you know, the scale, you know, like a whole yard full of trucks just waiting to go out, you know, uh, walking coolers that seemed like they were the size of a city block, and everybody was cool. And we said, you know, this is the right fit. This is I've I've avoided working with distributors in the past because I always felt it felt didn't feel right. It felt right. You know, let's, let's make it. To, I mean, it's. it's I guess we can call this day now Anthony Bourdain Day, yeah. uh, June 25th. We're not toasting to that, but 
in that note. But this is also the celebration for... Uh, so Baldor is launching its beer distribution on air right. on Beer Sessions Radio. Exactly. So the questions I have are more like um, logistical. So Richie's got a six, six stills coming to you. What happens? It goes to someone picks it up and it goes to factories to get barcoded. You I mean, know, what do you guys offer that that Richie can't do on his own? You know, some some of the unique things are that that we have trucks running around the city all day long, right? So we can actually afford to have a truck that finishes its route at two o'clock somewhere in Bushwick or in Ridgewood, rather. Um, go by his brewery on the way back, pick up the order, and drive back to the Bronx. So he would have done that trip empty, but he's bringing back the beer. Then we, we inventory it and uh, put it in our warehouse, and it's ready to go out. So right the, same, I get the same truck. So he, the truck's out, and it's like, oh, stop it. Bridge yep. and tunnel to pick something up to bring back. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty smart. Quickly, uh, Pearson, the second beer you poured us, uh, this one, what was that? Crush Golden Lager. Yeah, so uh, absolutely love making that beer. Uh, probably love drinking it more. Um, it's dry hop with uh, citra hops, so we make a lot of beer with citra because that hop is just absolutely gorgeous. Are, are you guys going to target? So you've been, you've been up there in Troy for a while, just, you know, brew pub, restaurant origins. Are you going to target certain styles of beer for New York City? Um, Kelly, Kelly. Oh, wow, that's a good question. That's a great question. That's I I I mean we're you know doing so many. We have. Um, Gosh, last year, I think over 30 st- different styles uh, were produced through the tap room. So yeah. um, if that's not enough, certainly we're going <laughs> to give New Yorkers what they want. Um, and it's going to be good. Yeah. What, how do you see it, Lars? They've got 30 different beers. Are you, are you going to pick a few that, that you're going to target in New York City? You know, I, I think a lot of it will come naturally by talking to our customers, seeing what they want. Um, it's already been fantastic getting feedback from the likes of Spite and Dival and Francis Tavern and, you know, them talking to us and saying, hey, you know, this is something that would fit in our portfolio and would, would love to carry it. Um, we're getting feedback on, you know, what sizes they prefer and all that stuff. So I think um, the, the crush from Browns will do very, very well. Um, the cherry rasp, which we will try later, will do great. And, you know, Rich is always coming out with amazing things. But over the last couple of days and weeks, you know, his bagel IPA has has been uh, tickling people's imagination and being like, if the, if I put that on my menu, it'll really stand out. And, you know, I, I think we'll... I think we've we'll got to try that. Away. Is that bagel IPA, Richie? Yeah. All right, let's, t- let's taste that. Kelly? I, I was just going to say, as I was uh, listening to Lars speaking, I think I've heard it said many times that a person's favorite beer is the beer they haven't had. Mm-hmm. So I think with that being said, listening to your customer is so important. Yep. But in this crazy world of craft beer, it's, it's evolving. I mean, at times... I personally love a sour. I love something different. But then, you know, if I'm gardening or if I'm out, uh, Abby and I have horses. If we're riding our horses, we'll come back into the kitchen and split a crush because there's nothing like that lager. Um, or our new favorite is actually uh, the sours, the melange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Say hi, Abby. Come on. Hi. So this is your mom. It's a family business. Yes, yes. Um, I'm the oldest daughter of two younger sisters who are also... Um, a little part of the business, I guess, as well. What, what, um, what's your job right now in the business? Um, so kind of working out a title, I guess. I do a lot of different things, but mainly I um, handle the financial side 
of the business. Um, and so I you have also, like POS for the restaurant. Yes, and yeah, paying and bills all the and, invoicing and bills and the payroll and all of that. Um, I'm terrible at that, but she's really good. So I'm I'm learning a lot. So uh, on the back end, <laughs> how was how was a these are funny questions, but for me, there's a lot of listeners in the industry. You're you're a brewery and you have a distributor now, Baldor. How how are you going to interact back office with them? Is it just invoices well, or their yeah, we magic have, swipes? Um, and you know, we're in we're in Vermont, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and we have of course uh, a couple other distributors in upstate New York. Um, so I've learned through my experiences working with them. It's a lot of back and forth. You get to know your contact with with the distributor. Um, and in my experience, it's been relatively easy. Uh, we're fortunate to be like on the other side of it, um, where we're doing less with the at least for me. It, doing the accounts payable is easier than the receivables. So <laughs> I'm enjoying that side down. Oh, yeah. And let's jump to yeah. Jaheel. So Cider, New York City Cider, it's great to have you on, man. It's yeah, been a, I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, so how's everything going? Uh, yeah, really good. Yeah, we're, um, we've got a lot of, lot of sort of mm-hmm. exciting things happening over at Descendant. So uh, part of it is this signing with the distributor. So we're excited. So I know you, you started, tell us your backstory. I know you started in... Your, Making cider in your apartment, right? You're a home brewer. Yeah, I mean, I'm originally from Australia, and I worked in the wine industry back there for a bit, and I've been a home brewer for I don't know, thirty years now, or something crazy. And uh, uh, yeah, so you're was, like twenty nine, yeah, and some. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, back when we moved to uh, me and my wife, when we moved to New York uh, in America, really, there was just no good dry cider. I mean, there, there was a few around, you know, there was Farnham Hill and Eves and all these other great cideries, but. Um, you know, they, they weren't everywhere. You couldn't just go to a bodega and get that like you could get a craft beer everywhere. So our sort of inspiration to start Descendant was just, you know, let's let's have a local cider company making good dry cider. And, um, but before that, we were just making ourselves because you couldn't buy it. So. Yeah. So all that time, you were self-distributing? Or did you have, uh, you had some distributors? Uh, for Descendant, we've been uh, self-distributed in New York um, so far, but we've done a little bit of uh, distributing in New Jersey. But were you yourself delivering? Was it you'd show up with six tolls? Yeah, it started out with me, and then we've had a lot of kind of crazy uh, uh, ways of getting the, the cider out to, to accounts. We've sort of had uh, crazy graffiti van guys. Like we're just around the corner from here in Bushwick, in, uh, in uh, Ridgewood. So, um, yeah, so we've you, had some, like, you contract them to, to dr- drive Yeah, we had for some you. guys that, like, you know, that all day they'd be slinging uh, um, amps and stuff for bands and setting up. Uh, stuff like that and they'd finish and come and grab kegs from us and take them to <laughs> pubs and stuff so that worked for a little while and then we kind of grew out of that we had some other operations sort of going on and uh, at the moment it's me mostly and, uh, and uh, some other people just taking stuff as we need it but uh, we're sort of getting to the point now where we just can't kind of manage it ourselves anymore and, and so what what, what pro- are you streamlining what you're going to sell through the distributor uh, yeah we are I think um, we've you know, we've—I don't know how many ciders we've made today. Now, this it's got to be like twenty different ones or something. But we've got a core range. Um, there's two our Palm and our Succession, which are our two sort of staples. Um, they're definitely something that we want to have the distributor be able to get out to masses. Are the ones that we struggle to move to uh, to get out. Um, then we've got our other sort of more vintage ciders like Dry and Wilderness, and um, there's a, there's a whole bunch of other ones that we're working on, but. Uh, um, to start with, it's really just those those main ciders, the ones that, that are on tap in a whole bunch of bars. They're in all the the stores, um, restaurants. You know, we need to get those out to more people quickly. So, mm-hmm. so what are the typical accounts that are going to be ordering uh, beer insider from from you guys, Lars? So, again, we focus on the mid to high end uh, on premise crowd for the most part, and that that's who we're going to 
make the announcements to. That's who we want to pitch the product to. And I think that's exactly what resonates with every beer on the table here, which is a great array of, of beers and ciders, by the way. Um, and so let's just go. Th- I love the mechanics yeah. of this business. So, like when it's, when it's when it's a beer order, now it, there's this crazy thing where people are sending out emails. Every brewery sends out an email on Sunday, uh-huh. and usually by Sunday night you've ordered. And if you haven't, you're missing out on all this great beer. And there's a certain day of the week that the breweries are delivering. And the same thing with distributors. But with food, it's different. I mean, it might have been a busy Thursday night, and it's twelve o'clock, and the chef or me f- forgets to order, and they're like, "Oh, we got to," and we get a whole list of everything yeah. from vegetables and and other things that we get from Baldor. And mm-hmm. you're saying, I can add on a case of Descendant Cider and a case 100%, of 100%. Bridgent Tunnel and a... maybe 17 kegs of brown, <laughs> <Yeah>. br- brown <laughs> brewing. Totally. <laughs> so I, I think uh, a lot of investment on the Baldor side They told me to say has, that. Has, <laughs> you have to get 17 <laughs> kegs at a time from brown. Because <laughs> it's going to move, you that know. Right. right, Kelly? It's like... That's, that's right. Yes, that's right. what we want. And, you know, and Richie, you couldn't bring 17 kegs right. in your car. Right, exactly. So... You know, yeah. you're going to have some big accounts moving things. We've got the space for it. But I, I think, um, no, we've, we've got the logistics down. We uh, Anybody that orders from Baldo food right now can add beer and cider to the order eventually. So we have the same low minimum. It's, a, it's $100, $100 and we'll deliver food for you. As long as you add a single case of beer to that, we'll, we'll bring that to you. So it's, it's a bit of like order... Uh, less more often. That's yeah. what we're all about. And that's what resonates in New York City because nobody has space. And the quick, we just had, what, Descendant, what, which cider did we just pour? Uh, this is Succession. This is our, the first cider we ever released. It's just our sort of standard draft style cider, the, the everyday sort of crusher. It's a nice try, man. It's always so great to see you too, man. <laughs> yeah, you You're do. such a great presence and uh, respect what you guys are doing. And was there, is there a third beer that you poured, Pearson? Um, Yes. Oh, the, was it the, um, so we just we, try, ju- we have a guy that, our buddy Ethan keeps track and writes on untapped what oh, we're tasting sweet. so, so we, well uh, this hasn't hit the New York market yet but, but will in a few weeks and it's a week old in this can you want to try it let's do it come it's on it's called nice to meet me it's part of our hashtag series of revolving IPAs it features the Zaka and Columbus hops wow and we went for a uh, balance of new so hashtag brown brothers no, nope, it's not. That'll come. That'll come. Uh, this is our fifth iteration. This would be funny if there was a brother that all of a sudden showed up and laid claim to our business. Well, it's nice to drive this in them. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. It While Pearson like is pouring that, I just have to say these accents around this table are outrageous. We have an Australian accent. We have at least two New York accents. I think we have upstate accents. And you got and, Germany. And there you go. Germany, so, we're multicultural. I'm actually technically New York yeah. slash Boston, so, you know, a little <laughs> bit in there. Okay. Do we, do, do we have an accent? Would you say kind of upstate? I've been told that, but you don't no, you, know. You have, an, you have a, a solid American, uh, what, it's not a term accent. What it, who knows this? Uh, speak. Intonation. Not me. Yeah. Yeah, intonation? You speak American, so. <laughs> <laughs> Although if you get down to mid-Atlantic, they think they have their own they think they're the truest, purest American. In the mid-Atlantic? Apparently. <laughs> I'm going to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to absolutely put my foot down. It's radio, so we can, we can talk all we want about Mm-mm-mm. accents and language. But that, that's, Kelly, I really like you guys. And I'm, I'm really, I, one of the, the joys of this show is getting to meet everyone in this, this kind of intimate setting. Um, just got this sign. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a minute on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Super. 
This episode was brought to you by 100 Bogart, a new building in Bushwick, Brooklyn, with meeting and event spaces available for on-demand booking. Looking for the next perfect outdoor location for your next gathering? Host your next event at 100 Bogart's impressive rooftop, just steps away from the Morgan L stop. It's one of the largest and tallest roof spaces in Bushwick, boasting 360-degree views of Brooklyn, Manhattan, and Queens. 100 Bogart's rooftop is available for your next networking event, fundraiser, special performance, or photo shoot. There's approximately 5,000 square feet, ample space for up to 100 guests. For more information on hosting an event at 100 Bogart's rooftop, email info at 100bogart.com or call 718-362-3539. This is Jimmy Carboni, the host of Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I've been a part of the HRN community for 10 years. After all that time, I'm constantly inspired by the incredible voices of our network. Each week, I record my show in the HRN studio because I'm excited to bring you, our listeners, the most important stories from the world of beer, food, cider, and more. All of us here at HRN make food radio because we love it. This year, HRN is celebrating its 10th anniversary, but we need your support to keep food radio going strong for the next decade. Join the HRN community today by becoming a member. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate right now. You can even show some love from my show by selecting Beer Sessions in the designation drop-down menu. Thanks for listening to HRN. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio. Yep, it's HeritageRadioNetwork.org, Membership Drive. Check us out, HeritageRadioNetwork.org. So we're talking about upstate New York, Boston, German accents. But Jahil... You guys have a bit accent. That's so. right. <laughs> you speak proper English. Are you from England or Australia? From Australia. You are? Yeah, but my wife's from England, so uh, I think we've kind of like melded a bit into some weird uh, English-Australian So we just accent. we just kind of blanded over these great, your great English, and we just make it into American, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, anyways, cheers to you guys. This is a, a nice, again, it's a, it's a great little mix of people I love meeting. Um, you know, new brewers and good friends like Richie from Bridge and Tunnel. But Lars, congratulations. Great job bringing together. Um, Thank you, you. I mean, how much work did it take you to put together? So who else? Is there, are there any other um, beers and ciders that, that's on yeah. your Baldor portfolio right now? You know, yes, there are. So we, we are aspiring to, to, to grow the portfolio. There's also some beers on the table from, from Paris, the La Parisienne Brewery. There is uh, probably the most highly acclaimed uh, Parisian brewery right now, the first craft brewery from Paris. So br- we're bringing that over, working with a um, regional importer. Uh, we'll be working with other importers, SNH, West, those guys have uh, been a big fan of, and we'll bring in their Western cider from England. Uh, That's a great cider. Licorne yeah. from France as well. Um, Weston, W-E-S-T-O-N. Right? W-E-S-T-O-N. Yeah. The Cable Road side will be part of our portfolio. You know, I'm going to just jump in. Um, Jahil, you probably think about this, too. One thing about New York, I mean, people say, well, in Portland, they drink like 30 or 40 percent Portland and Oregon beers. But in New York, New York, they don't. Well, the thing about New York City is that the imports are just across the pond. So there's so many imports. So it's, it's yeah. interesting that you're doing imports as well Absolutely. as New York State. And, and of course, we'll, we'll have some German friends involved as well. And 
again, it's it's about filling the niches of our customer base, of yeah. our existing food customer base. Everybody wants something unique, something something interesting, something different. So we will fill those demands. And uh, yeah, there, there will be some some regional local brands as well that will be part of our portfolio. And I think we lure especially to people that are self-distributing today, that that need a good home for their beer. And their cars, um, bre- their cars breaking. Their cars down. are breaking down. I Richie. mean, Richie, I, I I have to share this story. I mean, this is um, it, it's been a very intimate relationship between Richie and me, and and you know, making this all happen. It's it's literally like. Uh, he, he's passing over his baby to us. Like we, we're responsible for this to get it into the market from here on. And it's what a, are it's you concerned about, Rich? I mean, because you, you you were delivering, you know, to bars like mine, but you know, you were really delivering in your car. So, right. what are you worried about that, that someone else is going to be handling it? You worried that it's going to sit in a warehouse that you're not going to get? They're not going to get customer service or? Uh, yeah. I mean, initially. I've been to dis- dis- distributors where I saw, you know, pallets of kegs out in a hot warehouse. You know, I when, I mean, if you remember, when I used to drop off kegs, I'd, I there was one time that you didn't have room in your cold room. And you and I had this back and forth about, well, can you just get my keg into your cold room? And you said, Rich, it's like... It's like 20 degrees out. If, if I have it near the door, worst case scenario, it'll be 40 degrees. So I used to be, a, you know, I used to be a stickler about always keeping the kegs cold, you know, um, stuff like that, you know. I, and, you know, it, it's, uh, I, I always had control over it. I always had complete control over every last aspect. And that, I mean, it's a little hard. It's hard for me to let go of tasks. That's why I'm still doing all the brewing. You know, that's why I do all the tasks. I, 90% of what goes on in the brewery, I'm still doing it. Tell us so how. You, so you, you made your own canning line. Yeah, you've, you've made own. so many things. I always respect the work that you do. Yeah, I built my own. I built everything. How much did your canning line cost? Under two thousand dollars. So and, what, and, what did you what did you scale. get? What did you buy? How did you make that canning line? Aren't they I, like five hundred thousand dollars or well, something? Like if I hope way. my husband's not listening because <laughs> you should hire Richie. Yeah, I think I think yeah. we. You know, you got he's got I've the been, Queen's accent. Yeah, he knows how to perfect do, fit. He knows how to use tools. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually had I had a brewery that asked me to a local brewery. I won't mention the name, but they asked me to help them. They wanted to pull me in to build their brewery, and I was like, I got my hands full, <laughs> you know, but um. Yeah, I mean it's it's it, it would cost if you were to buy what I built, it would cost at least thirty to forty grand. Uh, you know, I built it on under two grand. Yeah. I mean, and we do it out of necessity. You know, it's it's uh, it's part of what we love about your beers, man. I have to say that um, big shout out to Bridge and Tunnel Brewery. Just jumping, Jahil, um, again talking about the New York City as an international marketplace because you're the international guy. Sure. Um, how, how do you feel like th- that? There's that competition. There's complementary. Brands. I mean, you're Australian and English making cider in New York. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely that competition. I think cider's um, it's a bit of a different world than beer. Um, the the beer scene's obviously like really competitive, and there's loads of breweries and stuff like that. Um, cider is crazy. New York. I mean, most of our competition, I would say, is New York. It's um, uh, when we started, we were one of the first. I think we were maybe the second farm uh, cidery license. 
Um, there was already a few other cideries making it under a wine license or whatever else, but um, you know now I think it's up to close to a hundred farm cideries. Um, so there are international brands coming in, but uh, not too many, and they've got to crack through a really big field of uh, of New York cideries. And the fact that our apple growing sort of so what, what are your goals so that you strong. couldn't do on your own? So with 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 a distributor, is your goal to have a certain number of tap handles? Are you going to try to get you know? More shelf space. Yeah, I, mean. I think it's just, I mean, that's one thing we struggle with is just trying to reach all the accounts. And I mean, we're a really small little company. So um, for us, it's it's um, getting out to all those locations, um, keeping in contact with them all, um, having sort of the systems that can deal with that. And I mean, you know, Baldur's been doing that stuff for, forever with their uh, their food. It's so like the revolution now is it's going to be sales. Instead of worrying about the, the beer buyer, you're just going to go in and start giving drinks to the, the chefs. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they're ordering. It, yeah. it is one of the biggest challenges for us uh, to change gear from speaking to the back of the house, speaking to the chefs, changing that conversation to speak with the front of the house. And um, believe it or not, there's so much uh, education going on at Baldo right now. Literally... I don't know, 20, 30 sessions already of me and other brewers coming in, talking about beer, talking about beer styles, how to sell beer, how to, uh, how to speak that language uh, versus food. But it's, it's great. I, I mean, we had people there that, that were fascinated to talk to our sales team about food and beer pairings, something that you would not ever experience if you presented to a regular beer distributor. And uh, so we want to we wanna use their knowledge. A lot of former chefs and a lot of people that know so much about produce and food. Just yeah, amazing. and then I get that. And it's funny because I remember when I had my first restaurant in the 90s, wine salesmen would come in and say, you know, it's actually the chefs that are, that are drinking beer, even though at the time everyone was talking wine. So I do feel like the chefs are definitely like, they're the players that, that influence change. But for you guys, so Kelly, so back... Back to when Brown, Brown Brewing started <laughs> in 1993. Okay. I'm going to hit you with a can next time you say that. <laughs> you had a restaurant, so you're, 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 you're there in the midst of food and drink. What were some of the first beers that you guys made that made you f- think that you would have successful brewery and a beer brand in addition to just having a restaurant? Yeah, so the food part of, of our beginning was less than stellar because, uh, as I mentioned, my husband was a home brewer. Uh, we had, at the time, he had two partners. One was a restaurateur, but we really were lacking in that area. But I think what, what helped build our business and bring people back was the commitment to, to the um, high quality of the beer that we brewed. I mean, we get, depending on the style of beer, malts from all over the world, if it's right for the beer. A lot of our malt does come from the western part of the country, um, where, you know, the conditions are great weather-wise for the hops and, and the barley and all of that. But I think we've always had a commitment to natural ingredients, no additives. So when you're looking at one of our first big beers, our cherry raz. Raz that's here today. It, it started out as cherry raspberry, but people, it's a cult favorite, so they shortened it. Cherry Raz, give me a cherry let's, Raz. Let's taste that. So, uh, yeah, so that's a wonderful beer, and that's a beer that we knew that had to continue because we have so many um, fans of, of that beer. Cheers. You know, I was in, um, so 2014, I was in, in Troy, your original location, this beautiful deck overlooking the Hudson, Kelly. 
And then uh, just two years ago, 2017, I was at your new location in, in uh, what's it called? Hoosick? Uh, North Hoosick. North Hoosick. Beautiful Hamlet. location. You're right um, on the right water, right? Northern Rensselaer County. We're right uh, on, on the border between um, New York and, and southern Vermont. And what do you guys sell in that tap room? Like there's a whole range, right? Yeah. There's like from lagers and up. Yeah, so all of our um, R&D beers come out of Troy and, and make an appearance uh, in the tap room as well as it's home to our production brewery. So everything you see in the can is produced right there. We have um, five open fermentation uh, tanks, which is very unique, very European <laughs> very way unique, of, yeah. of um, doing things. And we... Uh, my husband, when uh, we were in Germany, was uh, really inspired by some of the that uh, technology and that he saw there, which was really kind of old school compared to to what people are doing. But he felt that it was the right thing to do. Um, it's a spectacular place. We're on another river there. We're on the Willumsack River. Uh, you can actually, if you stumble out with too many beers um i can i don't know if i'm gonna get in trouble by saying this on the air but you may fall you into fall the in river the water. uh but you're but also you're, you're right at the border picturesque. of like massachusetts vermont and new york yeah it's a special place yep. in pearson you, you started working there about five years ago tell us something what about brown brewing made you want to work there what inspires you i mean i think kelly just pointed it out right it's a true authentic fan of of the best moment of your day, which is cracking that can of beer, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Lars, I, you know, you, we're in New York City, so, I mean, wh- wh- why did you pick these guys? Because I like their beers. There's so many breweries. There's 440, I think, breweries in the state now. Why yeah. did you, you get Brown? <clears throat> um, the opportunity, the great people involved, the great beer involved, you know, it checked so many boxes that, you know, and then I was able to convince them to trust us and to make this happen. So uh, <laughs> a lot of things. Absolutely. Happen. I want Fell to interject in on what Lars said, because this is my first time meeting Lars. But I've heard from both Abby and Pearson and my husband, Gary, who have been down here and, and had the chance to meet him and his team and, and tour the facility that like what great people they are. And, and these are great people that are telling me that they're great people. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually, well, I shouldn't say usually, but it's, it's, it's the bar is high. And, yeah. and uh, I think it's going to be a great partnership. I'm, I'm really excited. I brought up my, my family, my two kids, my wife and the dog on a trip to, to Albany and the brewery. And uh, we were allowed to bring in the dog. I yeah. shouldn't say this, but we, no. we brought in the dog into well. the into the restaurant, and, and he was he was behaving well for a change. And Pearson, you're, you're an interesting guy. So you, you're on a radio show in Vermont. You get to talk about beer, yeah, b- beer and rock and roll, it, and it makes sense for our brewery. Um, you know, one of the first times I, I mean, I learned about Browns in 1996 uh, when I was there because it was on the river and I was working on a boat. But they, uh, there's a event space next to 417 River Street, Troy, New York. It's called Revolution Hall. And I had gone there for concerts. And, um, you know, that place went dormant for a while. And, be, and it's now an incredible uh, event space and a sought-after uh, wedding venue. We have an, a, an amazing coordinator, Carrie Harkin, that manages that and an awesome staff there, Nigel uh, Peters is the head chef, and so it's a, it's a it's a really spectacular facility. Um, 
And uh, so I, it just it worked out for me. You know, I by accident happened to to land uh, in at a brewery, and I met the head brewer David Wright, and he's like, "Well, you did, Browns is opening a tap room," and I was um, I was there in a different capacity, and then uh, and then I met everybody, and it just kind of made sense. I was going to stay in the town of North Music for two weeks, and now it's been five years. That's great. We're really lucky to have Pearson. I have to say that I don't think if our beer was less quality, we wouldn't have been able to to keep this man because (laughs) he has toured some of the finest breweries in the whole country, uh, he and his wife. And, um, you know, I've heard so many stories and and I really feel that we we have something special. We're you guys, very lucky welcome to, to New York. And I think what's yeah, going to happen is absolutely excited. Now that you're in New York city, a lot of people will, when they, cause people go up there. I mean, we go upstate, we go to different parts of the state and I'm going to want to go, I'm going to go to North. The Woodinsect brewery. Yeah. Fall. Yeah. Say it. Tell me again. The North music. Yeah. North music. out. The Brown brewing Brown's brewing, spot, which is a beautiful place, a historic yeah. building, right? Right on the water there. It's a really great place. And it's a great part of town. Uh, Lars. Uh, Jimmy, I just wanted to mention we, we just cracked the uh, strobe light uh, goze from Bronx Brewery, and that was really one of the, the uh, that was what got Baldo started with beer was uh, working with Bronx Brewery, which we are helping to sub distribute and um, supplying produce to them. So this has uh, Baldor's strawberries and rhubarb rhubarb in it, and one of my first tasks at Baldo was. Hey, call up Damien at Bronx Brewery and make a beer with him. So I was like, hey, love to do a sour. So it's like the slightly ugly fruit or like yeah, potential food yeah, waste. We, we, we have, exactly. We went down to the to the warehouse and looked at uh, what fruit was in season and fruit, fruit that, you know, was perfect to make a puree out of and, and use for a beer. So um, big shout out to Bronx Brewery to making this beer with us. Has Himalayan salt in it to make it the right saltiness for a goza. I think it came out terrific. So we, it's called uh, the B Trek series, which Baldo will be featuring exclusively in in cans. So very happy about that. And that was Baldo's start into the beer world, and everything else is. Uh, and since you guys are, you know, I know you as a food distributor. I can see things like cans, especially you know, the can revolution. I can see that something that mm-hmm. uh, it'd be very easy as a chef. All right, we're going to get our can lineup through Baldor. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got Brown, you've got Bridge and Tunnel, you've got Descendant. Um, for but for you guys as producers, how do you deal with your kegs? Are you are you worried about that? It's, it's a big cost center. Pearson, um, is this something that you guys have to talk about when you're dealing with distributors? We spend a lot of time talking about how to manage kegs and should we go to a third party. Um, you know, cleanliness is a big part of that. Handling is a big part of that. Damage is a big part of that. Is it a refrigerated truck? I mean, the, and if it's not, I don't want to load it. You know, the liquid is sacred. And if it's not well respected, then you don't take it. As I'm not sending it to you. That's how I feel. I feel that I, that's it. Yep. Jahil, for you? Yeah, I mean, we handle everything ourselves with the kegs at the moment. So, you know, cleaning them, all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with giving it off to uh, Baldor. I trust what they're uh, capable of handling them and, and that the site is going to arrive in a good way. So, um, well, we're yet to see how the demand's going to be and, and ha- if I can keep up with my own fleet. And, and they're the kind of issues I have now is how many kegs do I need and how do I keep that fleet, you know, from running out. 
And Richie, you're, you're, this mean you're going to scale up. So you said you just did a pallet for for the distributor. What was it? Kegs, cans? Yeah, it was a it was a combination of kegs and cans, and it was the first. And it's funny because you know I still have my day job, so I was on my job. Don't ask. Yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> I was on my secret. He's I, a secret. Yeah, job. I was at the. I was working, and uh, I have a couple of guys that are, you know, coming along. They're, they're uh, you know, sometimes mistakes happen, but I always say, you know what, they're, they're getting around the learning curve. And I test. Uh, they built a pallet. They took, like, the whole day to build a pallet. Sorry, guys. You, you did a good job. I, I, I'm not saying it took too long. Um, but the next day, uh, we were down to one, one person, one guy, that was to push the pallet out. And uh, so... It turned out the pallet was too big. We couldn't get it on the, the lift gate, so the pallet had to be broken down into a second pallet. So one of the Baldor truck drivers gave, gave, us, gave us a second pallet. We built a second pallet, and both were able to get on the lift gate. And I asked my wife, I said, please, just come down and make sure everything works out, make sure it all gets on the truck safely. And, um, and I said, and send me a picture. Send me a picture that you know, everything worked out. So the end result was I got this picture of my my wife was in the background. There's a, a Baldor truck driver, and this pallet was up on the on the lift gate. And my wife and you could see her in the background with a big smile on her face. It's and I an was gonna I, I was gonna post it on Instagram, and you then should. I said, "Let me just wait. Let me wait because I haven't announced it." But I was like, it was just, it was a stressful day. I was like, "Wow, it happened." You know. So Richard, what's I, what's the announcement? Then I'm with Baldor. Then we're no longer doing it ourselves. You know that, like, uh, you know, we're um, we're branching out. So the question you know? I have is like so much like you know, Brown started as a a brew pub restaurant. You know, you were selling things at retail, pints and 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 great food and everything. And at what point does it start making sense to use a wholesaler and 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 to and to, to sell that way? Instead of selling, you know, your six or seven or eight dollar pint in your yeah, own restaurant, yeah, I, I think you know, just simply, you can't do it all. You can't do it all well. Um, so it makes perfect sense to know when you need help and when you need to grow. And I think partnering with the right people will give you access to markets that otherwise, you know, we, uh, you know, we've been flirting with New York City distribution for a long time. And, you know, we just knew that we needed to wait and and make sure that it was right. Make sure that. And I, I think, actually, this is the perfect, perfect time because I've never felt prouder um, of our product and and prouder to be to be uh, uh, to be living in New York State and, and you know, and, and so close to this great city. Um, you know, one of my favorite food people in the world I was lucky enough to eat at her restaurant is Alice Waters and her whole philosophy on on food is is keep it local so I'm thinking you know with Baldor's commitment to food why wouldn't the commitment to the liquid be the same and here we're sitting around with with local cideries and and a great I enjoyed a wonderful IPA from from Rich from his brewery uh this is this is a celebration. It's great. Well, just, actually, Alice Waters is one of our Heritage Radio Network 10th anniversary 
Hall of Famers, which you can uh, keep tracking on our heritageradionetwork.org. Laura, is there anything else you want to wrap it up with? We've got another show coming on afterwards, uh, Jen, with uh, Tech Bites, which is a really great show. Wow, pretty cool. No, I'm, I'm super psyched about everything that has happened today and everything that is going to come into fruition to Baldur. So I'm, I'm thankful for everybody to show up. We've had some amazing days in the market with, with Pearson and, and Abby. So, um, yeah, can't wait to... Um, so you're la- to launching it. This is official. You came to Beer Sessions Radio. This is it. You got Jamie, your crew here. you're the first Thank to know. You. And I, I, I Googled last night. I looked up Baldor and Beer. The only thing that came up was Bronx Brewery, yeah. this, this uh, project with the ugly fruit. For sure. That, so that was the cheers first Cheers to thing. Damien, man. Great great work up there, yeah, buddy. No, he, the he's, he's amazing as well. And, and Jahil, anything more. else you want to say? Because like, I, I know you've, you've, you're in a tough industry. You're in this niche, niche industry called cider. Oh, cider's really tough, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, that's part of what we're doing. Is I've been, we're, we're just about to have our fifth anniversary, and um, it's been all us, basically, for five years. And... Uh, it's time for us to scale up and, and expand the, the, the team and, and spread the work out. And, um, yeah, Baldur's the place for us to do what we feel. So we're really right. excited to sort of scale up. And, and, and Richie, so last time we had you on, you, had, you went from your little license. It was a legal garage brewery, which, of which there are in the, in the state of New York, and you've just been distributing. Then you opened in Ridgewood your brewery tasting room. And it seemed at the time that you were selling most of your beer – over, over the, the taps, right, and yeah. in your tasting room. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I was just going to say on the conversation that uh, what you were saying that the timing uh, with Browns, um, this kind of shines a light on why it was necessary for us. I mean, we were, we've were we been self-distributing for almost seven years. We, ha- we didn't have a single account on Long Island. We couldn't penetrate any accounts in Midtown, we had accounts that would wait for two months for a beer delivery, and all the accounts that we did have, I thank you for being so patient <laughs> with us for not having, being able to really push out the wholesale as well as we, as we should have been able to. But so it just got like to the point where it's like, okay, let's just really, you know, we can't push it out, and Baldor can. And Baldor's cool, and that's where we're going. All right, and last thing, big toast to Brown Brewing. Mm-hmm. You guys, I've heard about you for a long time. My good friend, Mike Yezzi, who's Flying Pigs Farm up in Shushan, New York, Washington County. We do an event every year called Pig Island in September, pigisland.com. And every year for the last few years, he said, man, you guys got to get Brown Brewing down. I said, you know what? Maybe this year. We'll see. But thanks so much. If you guys, everybody, please just one more time, say your full name, and uh, we're going to sign off. Kelly Brown. Uh, Abby Brown, thank you for having us. Pearson Constantino. Great radio voice. Yeah, Love that Jimmy guy. Jahil from Descendant. <laughs> Jahil, a funny accent. <laughs> Rich Cassania, Bridge and Tunnel Brewery. Normal accent. <laughs> <laughs> and Lars with Baldo's Specialty Foods. Of course, Europeans, the classy. So I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks for joining us on Thanks, the Heritage Jimmy. Radio Network. Big shout out to our producer, Justin Kennedy, engineer Matt Patterson, assistant producer, Leah Pops. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. 
And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.